Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck, and it is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on two of my amazing guests who hold a special place in my heart for many ways more than one, I want to start with the marketing and self-care tip of the day, which I think today's theme, just like last week's theme, are similar. But I want to talk about the importance of stop comparing yourself to other businesses and other people. And I am so guilty of this, so I just want to come on and talk about it personally. But I feel like if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that not only do we need to show up online, but how do we differentiate ourselves in the market? And the thing is, is that the only way to differentiate yourself is to show up and be authentic. And if you're not putting yourself in your content, if you're not showing what makes you you to your audience, the people who would normally resonate with you when you're networking out in person aren't going to get that online. So it's really important to stop comparing that this person's getting more business than you and this person has better images than you. It's because they're showing up in a way that's authentic to them and you need to do that for yourself too. So make sure you do that. It will make such a difference just by taking little baby steps to get to this next place. Um, And it really ties in with my guest today because if there's any market that got hit significantly when the pandemic and COVID-19 started, it was the hospitality, event space, all of the things, restaurants, all of that. So um, today, two of my amazing guests are Stephen and Sharon Zuckerman, who I'm sure if you guys don't know, that is my brother and sister-in-law. We actually did the magazine cover shoot at their amazing space, and I wanted to for sure spotlight them um, with all the amazing things that they have built and how they've transitioned throughout the pandemic. So if you haven't heard of Life the Place to Be in Ardsley, New York, definitely check it out. It is so amazing. And they're really pivoting with the rest of us. Um, And I'm really excited for you to learn from them on how they're pivoting, things they've learned throughout the pandemic, how they met, which I even learned some fun facts myself, and so much more. So I'm really excited for you to meet them. Stop comparing yourself online and personally and professionally and get inspired by this podcast. So I can't wait for you guys to listen and stay tuned for the amazing Stephen and Sharon Zuckerman. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Stephen and Sharon Zuckerman, the co-founders of Life, The Place To Be. Hi, guys. How are you today? Fantastic. We're great. So excited to have you both on the podcast today. And being in the hospitality space, it's so important to share the value of how much you've added to people's lives all these years. And with the pandemic that happened, I wanted to, of course, bring spotlight to the both of you. So, Sharon, do you want to start with how the life, life, the place to be came about? And it's based in Ardsley, New York, for our listeners. Um, about 12 years ago, um, we decided that um, we wanted to do something different. We had an entertainment company and we wanted to look at a space of our own so that we could bring events to us versus going to events. And we wanted to uh, incorporate, you know, decor and our music and DJing and entertainment. And we went around and searched all different buildings and sought out something that was different. Our building has very high ceilings. It's, it's just, it looks, when you walk in, it's very different to the normal space. Like it's industrial, we call it. So we made it so that it was industrial, but 
when you go into the event rooms, they're very clean looking. What do you think, Stephen? I think that encapsulates it. We, uh, we definitely did it on the road for many years and identified a niche that was needed in our marketplace, which was outside of the country club, hotel, wanted to bring the loft experience to um, our marketplace. And, you know, with funky lighting and funky furniture and great sound and great lighting, it just uh, kind of came together and took took fold. And to our listeners that don't know anything about you, first of all, it's my brother and sister-in-law. So can you guys tell us a little bit about your background? So like, how did you fall into the event world? Since, uh, since pre-college, I was entertaining at events as a mime and a break dancer, and then did it through college. After college, started business full-time, and then uh, never thought that's how I'd make my living. And uh, just uh, set my, my sights on doing something that I enjoyed doing and eventually made a living doing it. And I married Steven, so... Uh, <laughs> she married into the business. I married into the business. I was in fashion and design and merchandising. And um, we had our first child and I used to travel a lot. And it was like I wanted to be home more. And so I decided to work with him and work three days a week. And it kind of fell naturally with event planning and design and doing decor. So I started working with the company and it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. I mean, I still enjoy it. So what was the first event you ever did together? Talk about that experience. Do you remember? No clue. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was the boat. I think one time he made me dance. I think he was a dancer. He was short, a dancer. Oh, we were and, desperate. Yes, he no. was desperate for a dancer. And I, he was like, you have to be a dancer today on a boat, like for these corporate events. <laughs> And like I had to go and dance on this with with honey. Our previous, our, and our I first, was, our first, my first company oh my was God. entertainment. So we were entertaining at a corporate event, and one of our performers didn't show. Right. And I told Sharon, you are a fabulous dancer. Right. I will make you look amazing. <laughs> just follow this. this girl. It's just I got you. Don't yeah. worry about it. Show up. Just be beautiful as you are. And the rest will take care of itself. So needless to say, she... It worked out. out. It worked out. <laughs> and then I think they had a next party and they asked for me and I was like, there's no way I'm ever I'm doing this again. again. <laughs> was, I was exhausted. I was like, this is exhausting. I am not doing that again. Ever. That is like the funnest fact so I've heard <laughs> thus far. That's amazing. I've never known that. Very Love it. Okay. So tell us now about life. Like what inspired the name and also like... What kind of events do you do at Life? The space was designed as an event space, as the primary business, uh, because we were in Westchester, New York, and there was a lot of kids in the area. We needed to help fill the time and fill the occupancy so that we could cover the, the bills. And we decided to add the arcade element and birthday parties, so... We have kind of leveled out and, you know, pre-pandemic, we leveled out at about 250 birthday parties and 100 catered events with walk-in business to our arcade being, you know, under 5% of our business. Life came to, the name came about when we were all sitting on a beach coming up with names and we were kicking them all around. We were telling anyone, whoever comes up with name, we'll give you a hundred bucks. Like, we need to come up with a name. <laughs> we're terrible with names. The, 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 we, 
we when we incorporated we incorporated under Fantasia USA. I remember that, yeah. And we're doing businesses like the place to be. We just needed a name because we knew it was gonna be a fun place. But we knew doing corporate events, doing weddings, doing bar and bat mitzvahs, doing charity events that Fantasia didn't work for our demographic. Kind of like a strip club. <laughs> she really just said that? This is it's totally true. good. Okay. I don't know if that was ever going to be. We then, we then, you know, kicked around different names and we sat with some friends we said on the beach. It was like the place to be. Like, like We wanted the place, place to, to be. be. And then they were like, where's the place? It's the place to be. And then like, they were like, it should be life and life should be the place to be. And then there was like some argument about life was like a... It was a club down in, in the village called and also and I actually went there. Really? In the city? She thought it was like more of like a retirement home or something. Right. She's like, no, people are going to think it's a retirement home. I'm like, no, then you think about life, you think it's happy, like whatever. So we had a whole like, you know. We really wanted the place to be and we couldn't get it. It would have been a takeoff on almost like Abba and Castello, who's on first. Where were you last night? I was at the place. What place? What place were you there? I was at the place to be. What do you mean the place to be? What is the place to be? You know, so we figured that would be a great marketing thing. So we were stuck on that. And then we just had to take something and throw it in front of it because we couldn't get the website. We couldn't get the name properly. So hence life. And it's really fallen in locally as life. Right. And occasionally they throw in the place to be. Right. Where are you going, life? And like, how's life? And we're like, huh? You know, like, it's great, you know, that's usually the thing. Okay, so I know you kind of discussed a little bit about how you wanted to create your own space for your own events, but what did you find was missing in your hospitality event space market that you wanted to change? I think that we agreed, especially in Westchester, I think he mentioned this before, there was so many country clubs, there wasn't very much of the loft kind of space that there was in the city, and there wasn't a space that was all-inclusive of, like, you could have all your gaming, like arcades and stuff for kids, and the space like you'd have to bring stuff in. So we wanted to have it all in one where you could just um, walk in and not have to like worry about bringing all these games and things to a place and enjoy everything. So we we have all the lighting, all, all the LED, all the LED lighting in the room, and that was important to us that that you could walk in and you could just change lighting in the room. And it could be red or it could be blue or it could be pink versus having to bring in lights into a room. That's what well, well done. And the uh, lounge <laughs> furniture element. This is why we don't work on the same night together. We're getting to the question. <laughs> the lounge furniture element brings in a little cool funkiness to it. Um, the AV portion of it is really important because we do so much custom, custom content at the events. And it could be as simple as what the industry was doing years ago was just doing montages. And then we started doing... I mean, it eventually became mapping, but we were doing custom custom content, and we had been doing it before mapping became a thing. And now mapping is obviously so. It's just a you know pre. What is mapping like? Elaborate. Mapping is is taking different screens and then continuing uh, an image. They could be one image, or they could be several images that are all tied into each other. So video mapping is something that, and and we we do it in a in a fashion that's not as sophisticated. But because of what's called the switch or a matrix, you can actually do 
you know, several different images, all the same images, you know, when needed at an event. And for corporate events, they do presentations. For private events, they do montages. They do mm -hmm. photos of the event. So the the video aspect is a, is a is a learning feature to our, yeah. our space. I mean, like for every child, like you know, the room could be blue, but we could also have photos of the child and like things that they love, and like it constantly is in the room during the party so it really it the personalizes the party so it becomes part of the room and part of the child is in the room all the time so it's a great feature and it's used in corporate and it's used in charity events mm -hmm. it's used in any event that happens in the space it's a vanilla box so it makes it really easy to transform and uh you know in 12 plus years we've done you name it from full concerts to comedy nights to charity events to our bread and butter which is the private events but yet we're open to anything. So what does living your best life mean to you? Living my best life is doing what you love. And I think the one thing we realize is that we love what we do. Like we love making people happy. It's not easy and it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of hours and it's a lot of detail and you demand a lot of people. But in the end, you're creating like one of the happiest days in people's lives for a family. And that is priceless. It's really like the commercial. It's priceless. And there's no amount of money that you can put on it. And that's really, that's the pitch. You know, like you really walk away and you have something that you will have for the rest of your life and that you will never, that can never be taken away from you. And, and when Stephen sells it, he says, it's not like a wedding, like bar and bar mitzvahs, especially like those will last forever because you're not getting divorced. Like you're never going to have a divorce where you're going to have to do it again. It's a once in a lifetime forever for your family. So it's, it's, you know, doing what you love and, and being great at it, you know, like, and just getting to a different level all the time. Like, you know, like we evolve, like we keep changing things and we do things better and better. And, and that's, you know, doing what you love is I think, living. Your best. So to piggyback that, you know, I, I was given a book when I went traveling after high school and it was called Do What You Love, The Money Comes Later. And my mother always said to me, I was really good at partying. So <laughs> I figured if I can make a living throwing parties, doing parties, being at parties, not a bad way to live. And in general, yeah, I mean, most of our clients, we truly enjoy, whether they're private clients, corporate clients, we truly enjoy because they appreciate the level of professionalism. They appreciate the level of detail, as Sharon was saying. And, you know, we enjoy performing well and doing unbelievable events for our clients because when you're appreciated doing something great, it's, it's, it's always a great feeling. And uh, we've been fortunate that way. Definitely. Great answers. So obviously, since the pandemic of 2020, how have you guys pivoted your space? Well, <laughs> like the restaurant, hotel, and hospitality industries, we've been hit really, really hard, okay? And and we've been actively working with, I know the government programs, but the truth of the matter is the hospitality industry and the hotel industry and the restaurant industry where the programs were not made to help us survive. The money that we've gotten from the government it's going to end up being about 30% of what we need. So to, to get through a 2020 and through the majority of 2021, we're not looking at our business revival until the end of 2021 if we're lucky into 2022. So, I mean, it's going to become a year and a half 
of a long haul of stress aggravation and raising money? The answer to the question is we have tried various things. I mean, the soup du jour when the pandemic started was, hey, turn it into a drive-in theater. We have an acre parking lot. Well, we went down that road and we realized very quickly that Hollywood is not friendly to that kind of setup and we would have lost money. Unless you're a non-for-profit. Unless you're a non-for-profit, we would have lost a lot of money. And that's why they didn't pop up as much as they were because it was Hollywood takes 50% of the, of, the, of the gross. If you're doing it one time, it's one thing. But if you're doing it three, four, five, six times a week, the answer is there's no money to be made. Okay. And that's why the movie theaters make money with popcorn and they make money with the concession stand. So we, we, we figured out very, very quickly that we weren't going to make money with that. Then we looked at um, live music in the parking lot and obviously all the COVID restrictions. We couldn't do anything with that. And then prior to any of the towns opening, even their, their town offices, we decided because we had such a large parking lot that we were going to do a food truck event and have various food trucks and rotate them on a weekly basis and have people come to a very safe environment. And the, the tables were eight to 10 feet apart. We all had outside. All outside. Everybody was wearing masks. We had literally had security making sure everybody had masks. If they showed up without a mask, we were handing them masks. And it was a very, very safe environment. And a lot of families showed up. And then one day, a lot of families, a lot of local people, they were like loving it. It was, it was developing a nice following. And then one day, I remember looking up vividly and seeing a county of Westchester helicopter flying overhead. And I knew that the ship was going to hit the fan. So sure enough, I would say within two, three weeks, we ended up with a violation notice. There were too many people in the parking lot and blah, 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 even though it was a an acre, you know, they just decided, you know, to shut down another That's, small business. They said that and, the trucks weren't allowed, like we could not have food trucks. It was a, a kick in the stomach, you know, was when we were down, it was, let's see if we could just hurt him more, mm-hmm. you know, put salt in the And at that point, we were doing it more to keep everybody working. Like it was just about using the Yeah, we were using our PPP money. And I mean, keeping everybody working. It wasn't about making money. It was we were just not like making money. Having about, people yeah. come out, see that we were still alive, keep everybody working, like just... You know, let's just keep everything, the momentum going, and then... Bam! Yeah. They pulled the rug out from under us. Mm-hmm. And then, literally, we found out three weeks later that they were opening a food truck park literally three miles from under yeah. So, you know, at that point, we had lost a, a, a ton of momentum. We were now closed for four weeks. You know, people, you know, saying, oh, man, you were the best thing that ever happened. You know, and the town just, and the county killed us. And then eventually, it was we got it up to the state level. And uh, the governor's office really put the nail in the coffin and said, no more. Sorry. Right. So we, we kept on fighting, just like we've been doing. We kept on fighting. And, of course, come September, we got the okay to do it. But at that point, we're just like, okay, we've now lost six weeks. And the other park had been open. The other, the other truck park had been open. Anyway, but at that time, they started opening to a third of occupancy. And we started pushing out there on social media and out to our existing clients, hey, we're available to do parties, do events. Intense outside. And inside and outside, mm-hmm. a third of our occupancy, our occupancy is 1,200 people. There were not 400 people getting together anywhere, but we figured, okay, we can get 50 people, 75 people, 100 people. So from end of August, beginning of September, we started doing events in the parking lot underneath tents. We started doing events inside safely with masks, with sanitizer, all CDC, all these CDC guidelines, World Health Organization guidelines, we had 
many. I mean, I would say at that point it was as much as 20 events without incident. And, um, you know, we were never on the paper. We were, it was just about cash flow for our business. We were never making money, but it was about keeping our people working, keeping some money, keeping some money in the building so we could pay the landlord, pay the taxes, pay the insurance. Struggling, you know, struggling, but it was cash flow, and that's what you need. And um, we're still in that. Oh, yeah. The governor said only 50 people, no matter how much space you have. No matter how much space you have. So we're 30,000 square feet with 30-foot ceilings with proper (laughs) ventilation, spent the money on all the filters, did all the right things. Right. And then they dropped the hammer at the end of October and said no more than 50 people. So all the events that we had booked in November, which were over 50 people, literally canceled. So November became the most dead month of all the months. And uh, it's continued struggle. So we pushed through, pushed through, pushed through. Got some more financing, got into the PPP too. And um, still, you know, trying to work out nitty gritty with our, with, our, with our landlord. But we're starting stuff in spring. We're starting stuff in the summer. We're hoping to go back to the, to the food truck event come this summer. Now that it's finally okay. And yes. Um, so yes, talk about that. Right. I want to ask so that. we want to start doing some prom packages. The where we want to do proms for the local schools and even like in the tri-state area. Um, right now, it's 150 people as of March 15th, but we feel that by June, I'm sure the number will be more correlated to the amount of space, which we have a lot of space. So we're hoping that um, we could do like maybe up to 300 people. Um, and we would do an all-inclusive with food and like decor and you know, dance floor. We could do tenting outside. We could do it inside, you know, different pricing for inside and outside. And, you know, just do an all-in, come and have a great night, you know, with your friends. Because, the kids deserve it. Yeah, the seniors, our daughter's a senior. You know, she had a horrible junior year. This is a terrible senior year. They deserve at least one night to get dressed up and feel beautiful and have a great night. And, you know, we really want to do that for them and for the local, you know, communities that want to do it. So we're working on that right now. I love that. And so talk to you about the new regulations, like starting as of March 15th, because by the time people hear this, things will have changed. So can you talk more about that? Right now, um, as of March 15th in New York, you can have 150 people without masks if you do rapid testing at the door. So... We are... Or they're tested within 72 hours. Or they have a vaccine, if they could prove that they're vaccinated, so that you don't have to wear a mask during a party, which is a major thing. So right now, that's major, because right now everyone has to wear a mask, and it's not even 150 people. So this will be a game changer, I think, for having events. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, and as, as the concert venues and sporting venues are coming online... And once they see, when I say they, you know, the governing bodies see that they're doing them in a safe and effective manner, it will change within reason, is my guess. And more people are vaccinated, herd immunity happens by the time that all happens. And you get to May and June, into July and August, we're hoping that, which is never a busy season for us, but we're hoping that the large gatherings will change significantly. What's that? July and August. Oh, in the summer. Yeah. But by June, the other thing that we feel is that people might not know now, but the one thing about us and life is that we're very flexible and we also can do things very quickly. So if you don't know, but you know in three, like it's March, 
and you won't know till April because you want to wait to see what happens. Like we could easily pull off, um, you know, easily pull off a prom in June. If you wait till May, we could easily pull off a prom, you know, in June. Honestly, if you wait till May 15th, we could pull off. It doesn't take us a lot to do that. So if people are uncomfortable, like it's a matter of comfort level, like we could do it. So um, that's one thing that's really important. We can put together a major event in, in five days. Yeah. Like we know that. We, we have a lot of connections. Customers and clients <laughs> wouldn't feel comfortable with that, but we could put together with yeah. our infrastructure and our staff and our planning capabilities. Um, we have the ability to put together a major event in five days if we had to. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so now, final question. First, I want you to tell everybody how they can follow you and stay in touch on social media. And then I'm going to ask, what is it like to work with your significant uh, other? <laughs> we, are, we are most active on Facebook, which is like dot, 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 the place to be. And uh, we do have an Instagram page, which obviously is, was picking up steam pre-COVID and then kind of fizzled out into the COVID period, which is like the place to be dot official on Instagram. So we do, I, we have Twitter, but our demographic isn't on Twitter. That so how can people inquire and then we can ask, answer the last question? <laughs> Well, we're on the web at lifeaplacetobe.com, and the uh, inquiry page is there. We could obviously be called at 914-591-4400 if you're calling about an event or a visit or just want to uh, come check out a cool, fun, fun, funky space. Love it. Okay, now the fun stuff. So what is it like to work with your significant other? <laughs> All right, I'm going to start. <laughs> Go, girl. Um, actually... It is great if you don't work together on the same project because Stephen and I are very different in the way we work and he has one style and I have another style and we have learned that like I don't know anything about his clients and he knows nothing about my clients and that's completely 100% fine because we just work very well that way. Like we know everything about everything that has to be done and God forbid something happens to me like I could he could take over my client because I have 100% trust in him. And if something happened to him, I could walk into his shoes and take over his. And that's something that I think is amazing because we really are interchangeable in that way. Um, the other thing is that... And we've also created our staff to be able to do that. So it helps. Yeah. All of our event managers and our event team are seasoned. They've been taught by us. And they get upset because I tell them that, that no one's indispensable. And like, they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I need you to be like, I'm, I'm training you so that you know everything like that. So that if I die in a fire car crash, yeah, I'm not, in, I'm indispensable. Like you could be me. Like I need everyone here to be able to do what everyone else could do because that is how it has to work. Because if God forbid something happens to one person, this party has to go on. Like it has to just yeah, happen. Has to happen. Right. So we have to be able to just keep moving. So everyone gets trained that way. We're that way. And I think it's made our marriage great because we don't see each other a lot. <laughs> so it's like, Although COVID's changed that a little bit. <laughs> actually, that's the thing. COVID, we've been together so much and we realize that we actually do get along. And 22 years, it's been amazing. But actually, we've been together and it's been awesome. But um, we actually work, working together, it's, you know, it has been an issue working together. Like when we're on the same party that we've realized that we do not work together. Right, we do things differently. Yeah, we do things differently. Sharon's great at what she does and I'm great at what I do, but we do it differently. Yeah. 
That's and we both have successful events, we both have successful clients, had yeah. clients, which yeah. is, you know, and uh, she manages she manages the, the staff differently than I do, and they produce well for Sharon, they produce well for me. Yeah. And uh, if you ask them who would their favorite be, you'd have to ask them, because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it's me. <laughs> it's like an ongoing competition. Yeah. That's awesome. I think too, it's just so great. You guys have created a family. Like I first worked with you guys when you started life and I feel like I've known the people forever. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so great that you have like lifers, literally lifers, lifers at life. Small business and you depend on your, you know, your key employees like family. I mean, you really do. And you do things for them that you would never do, you know, for your own family in all fairness, you know, you definitely do things for them, which is, Said but true because they make your life easier. No pun intended. Um, you know, so when you have some any any small business requires solid people, and the more solid the people are, the better business. And I think also, like I know, I have felt that I love like watching people grow, like you grow. You know, like how you've evolved and like a lot of things that you do. Like, I mean, I remember work, you working for me and I was so hard on you and I'm so hard on people that I work. But it taught me so yes, much. But it's oh, yeah. even Ivan today, like a photographer was saying like, his, the guy, his assistant was saying, yeah, you're always telling me it's not good enough. And he was, yeah, that, that got it from her. Like, she's the one that <laughs> told me that I'm not good enough. Like you gotta do better. And I'm like, yeah. And I always tell my people like, like, yes, I know I'm really hard, but it's like, I'm just trying to prepare you for what's ha- like, what's next, because it's always like, you have to be better than the next person. Like you have to push harder because that's how life is. And I think we get a lot, I know I get a lot of joy out of seeing people like you and Betty and um, Julie, you know, like these are like our kids, you know, like they've grown up at life and like now they're, you know, 25, 30 years old. And we're like, oh my God, like they started at 14, 15 years old and they're real people. Like they have, they have lives, you know. Like it's amazing to us. We've had a bunch of them reach out to yeah. us during the pandemic to see if we were okay, we're, how we're navigating it, you know. Henry, and Henry, yes. Oh my god, he reached out to us. I love it. Okay. Told us about the barstool. Barstool, fund. no fund. Get approved for oh, yeah. barstool fund. Barstool fund, yes. fund. Yeah, why didn't you approve it? Oh no, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's not okay. But yeah, him and Patrick. Do you remember Patrick? I don't remember. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. We've had, we've had, we've had a, a lot, lot of kids. Oh, my God. Fine. And their parents are appreciative of us because, you know, we helped give them direction. Some of them when they were at vulnerable ages and vulnerable times. And, mm-hmm. you know, Brett Hass reached out to me literally the other day and just said, yo, how you how you feeling? How you weathering this? And they know that our business has been hit really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And they see us on Facebook and Instagram on what we're doing, but, you know, they care deeply. Hey, how are you really doing? You right. Know? And, it's so and nice. And it's it nice, so it's nice, nice to get those calls. Yeah. You know, because, you know, we're in a world of how you doing means, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do care. So it's so but nice. these are people who do care. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a family. All right, well, this has been so fantastic. So tell everyone again how they can follow you, inquire for a consultation, and follow you on social media. LifeThePlaceToBe.com. Hit us up, Stephen at LifeThePlaceToBe, Sharon at LifeThePlaceToBe.com, or just 914-591-4400. Extension 100 for Stephen, extension 101 for Sharon. (laughs) We're always available. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much everyone for tuning in to Next On Scene and stay tuned for who's next on scene.
The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.